Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I just want to say hi. I just want to say hi. I just want to say hello to you. And what I, what I try to do is talk with people and talk, tell them so much about something. Pretty much, and that's so good to talk about it. <coughs> mm, excuse me. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Happy Sad Talk Thing. I'm your host, Mac and Carol. Um, it's been a little bit, but fear not, friends. I have a good whoo, a good eight episodes in the can, um, and I'm gonna start rolling them out. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm saying it. I say it a lot, but here it comes, guys. I'm gonna get back on this weekly game. I promise. I promise. Every week, you can come here for. A wonderful podcast. So, uh, you might be, this might be your first episode, and you might be thinking, uh, what is this, what is this podcast thing? What is this, what is this, what is this phone I'm holding? And at first I say to you, sir, that's a phone. Uh, you probably purchased it, or maybe your spouse purchased it for you, or a friend, or a relative, or... A friend relative. Basically, guys, I'm out of breath. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> okay, okay. What's this pod? What's a podcast? It's radio on the internet for anyone, basically. Um, this is my show. It's basically a variety, uh, one-on-one, free-form conversation podcast. And uh, it's kind of intimate, candid, silly uh, with someone new every week, and um, I have lots of interesting friends and people, and uh, sometimes I'll pull a professor on here from where I go to school, um, and very recently I got to interview someone really awesome that I can't tell you about yet, but basically I got a fucking awesome episode coming for you guys um, in the near future, but yeah, um, <clears throat> so basically, uh, previous listeners to this podcast will know that my father was on here at one point, and I was interviewing him, and it was fucking awesome, um, and we got a lot closer, and it was great, and I got to learn a lot more about his life, and it was super cool, um, and uh, so we sat down to record an episode, which is uh, sort of what you're about to hear. You're about to hear part of it, because... Um, it stopped recording about 45 minutes the way through, which is a huge bummer because basically my dad, basically, okay, so here, the whole story was that one day, one day in class, a class that I was not paying attention to, I got a text from my dad saying, or no, this is how it happened. <laughs> I, I texted my dad, how's your trial going? He's, a, he's an attorney. And he was like, he's like, yeah, hey, it's all right, man. More importantly, how are you? How's life? How's love? And I was like, oh man. And basically, I sat there for like an hour typing this fucking massive essay to my father because, you know, like, I was like, man, if I want my father to understand me, like here he is showing interest, you know, and that maybe that's like sometimes how I feel sometimes is like misunderstood by my family. So it's like, here's my chance. And so I just like told him rather than like trying to get wait for him to ask all the specific questions he's like he clearly showed interest you know and i was like fucking here it is man here's my heart on the fucking on the page and i basically told him everything about my life and all the thoughts i was thinking about <laughs> um and he was like whoa man like 
that was fucking beautiful. He called me. He was like, hey, man, like, we need to do a podcast, but, like, on you, like, you got to be the subject, and I'll interview you. And I was like, whoa, fuck yeah, that's awesome. So that was the idea. <laughs> um, it took us a while to sit down, but uh, both of us wanted to do it, so it happened. Um, my dad... I think he got Stella Artois or something. I don't know. I came with some fucking beers and we fucking sat down with a fucking beer. Um, yeah. Uh, basically, what happened was we had the greatest conversation that we've ever had. Um, and it went all over the place. Um, and we both ended up crying in the end. Um, and it, I really, you know... It's a bummer that <laughs> most of it isn't recorded. We ended up talking for two and a half hours. Um, and like I said, I only got the first 45 minutes on this podcast. Um, which, as you'll see, <laughs> it's just me answering one fucking question. Because <laughs> I'm super long-winded, as my father went on to point out. Um, so, anyways. But what what you miss in the conversation is just talking about love and relationships and my childhood and being a man and all this stuff. And my dad who lost his father when he was only five basically went on to think like, he was like, Oh, I wonder like, is my father proud of me? You know, because at one point I asked my dad, I'm like, dad, are you proud of me? (laughs) You know, not, not as flat out and dramatic, but kind of, you know, I was, I was basically just talking about, my own insecurities and being an artist and needing validation and seeking it from my father. Cause I respect him so much, but really just like, I need to re- like seek it from myself. And like my main thing is like me not loving myself enough. And like, it was just, you know, it was a beautiful father son moment. And, I, and by the end we were, we were, uh, peers, uh, peers in tears. Um, that's also the name of our new podcast <laughs> that we're starting together. Peers in tears. No, but we were both sitting there going like, I love you, man. I wish you'd love yourself more. Um, And it was fucking great. And you know, like, we wouldn't have had nearly that close of a conversation if it weren't because of this podcast. So even though it's not uh, recorded, um, it still is because of this podcast that I am even closer with my dad. Um, So that's beautiful. And, And that's why I think podcasting is the greatest medium um, so what you're about to hear is just the first 45 minutes, um, which is basically me <laughs> explaining my religious worldview, um, to my father. Um, so if anyone is, has been curious about my seemingly contradictory, confusing, absurdist, strange, Christian, Satanist bullshit, um, here's pretty much where I get into it. Um, yeah. Anyways, guys. Oh, also, I'm in Ireland. <laughs> I'm going to be doing uh, an Ireland spectacular episode where I talk all about Ireland because I'm having a goddamn adventure and it needs to be documented for my own sake, just for posterity. But I've also got some interesting stories to tell that I'm excited to share with you guys. Um, but just a mini update right now. I'm in a <clears throat> town called Castle Pollard on uh, Westmeath which is uh, about an hour west of Dublin. I'm, I'm looking after two dogs um, and mowing lawns and moving rocks. And that's pretty much it. And uh, it's beautiful here. And I fucking love the people. And I miss my friends. So if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because you're my friend. And uh, if you're Carter Kuran, I fucking miss you, Carter, so much. If you're not Carter Kuran, 
Fuck off. <laughs> Only Carter can listen to this episode. <laughs> no, guys, I love you so much. Um, but hey, also, um, just lastly, before we get into this episode, um, I have been kind of like shy about pushing this podcast um, on people or something because I feel like like oh, selfish or something or like but like no like I, I make it and, and I, I'm very proud of it you know and it, it's uh, yes it is very personal but it, it also like you know I, I like to think that there's there's something in it that it's not just a diary you know it's uh, <clears throat> it's conversation and it's introspective and it's and it's whatever anyways my point is is I'm gonna start being more uh, fucking uh, ambitious with it you know and, and, and taking it more seriously like yes it is I just do it for its own sake, you know, but, um, I don't know. I, I just love podcasting so much. Like I'm going to start, uh, trying to take it more seriously. Maybe try to get some sponsors, uh, reach out to some higher profile guests, you know, fuck it. Like, let's see what happens, man. I'm, I'm riding the train guys. It's no longer just a hobby. You've, uh, you've heard it here. Um, but basically, uh, I, what you, if you like this podcast, if you want to support it, um, a really, really easy way to do that is either like if you're listening on SoundCloud, click the like button, share button, repost button, whatever. Like, or uh, <clears throat> what really helps is if you can find the podcast on iTunes um, and give us a good review, give us a five star review. And if you could write us, us, if you could write me, <laughs> the whole team here at Happy Sad Talk thing, <laughs> I'm literally sitting alone in a room on the floor. <laughs> With my laptop and a microphone. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, fucking write us a review on iTunes or whatever. This is uh, not brought to you by Squarespace yet. Okay, guys. I love you very much. I'll talk to you all very soon. Um, but yeah, you'll you'll be hearing from me every week now in your feed. Um, Felix and I. Here we go. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. I don't know anything. I'm just happy and sad and stuck. So here's my perception of what we're going to do here. Yeah. I am your father, and I'm going to conduct this interview. Mm -hmm. Um. So feel free to, you know, lie when necessary. But okay. generally speaking, <laughs> I would like the truth, all right? Can I make a request right off the bat? Of course. Can I have you sing the theme song to this podcast? Can I teach it to you real quick? You're going to have to because I didn't have one on the way in the door. I thought you wanted me to make one up off the top of my head and I was yeah, fucking... Yeah, I want that. That's no. so much better. No, no, I don't want to make up a theme song until it's done and then maybe i'll make one up in hindsight how's that okay sound? yeah right. i'm gonna hold you to that but what's the smell did you light a candle I, yeah lit some incense like yeah i lit some incense okay bro yeah that makes me feel a little <laughs> fucking heavier than i want to feel I <laughs> oh yeah right. I can, we can blow it out no man. that's all right we may have to um so it goes happy sad talk thing happy sad talk thing happy, happy sad, sad talk thing, thing. yeah Happy sad talk thing. Happy sad talk and thing. Then, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. And then it goes, 
I'm just happy and sad and stuff. You think you got it? Yeah. Three, four. Happy, sad, talk thing. Happy, sad, talk thing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the last line. I don't know anything. Yeah, fuck yeah. Well, that's as good as it's cool. going. I feel bad. I remember the third line. <laughs> that's all right. What was it? I feel bad because this is your show and I just like put you in an uncomfortable spot. That was a power play by me. <laughs> yeah, well, let's keep it mostly happy. I'm just kidding. Um, and then I'll recreate the theme song. Cool, man. All right. Okay. You're Mackin. You're my dad. Hey. All right. Who are you? My name is Mackin. That's it? That's all you have to say on behalf of yourself? <laughs> Am I being de- deposed? <laughs> um, For the audience, no, my father no. is a professional trial lawyer. And I, uh, so he asks people questions a lot of times. Yeah, but no, that question was more of if you had a paragraph and you had to use the whole paragraph, how yeah. would you define yourself? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, this is an interesting question because, you know, like, my initial instincts always when describing myself are to be, like, self-deprecating, you know, and just, like, so my initial response would be, like, oh, I'm just a silly guy who, like, makes music and stuff and whatever, but I'm just, like, you know. But um, lately I've been trying to, like, be more confident, you know, because so much of my personality is, like, based off of the fear of like being an asshole or pretentious or something. And obviously humility is cool, but if you're living in fear and just cutting yourself down all the time, like that's just the other end of the same ego spectrum, you know? So I've been trying to just like find that middle road of like, yeah, I'm Mackin. I'm I'm a songwriter. I'm in a band. I uh, do this podcast. Um, I'm an amateur stand-up comedian as of very recently. (laughs) But yeah, no, I, I, I write things and I make things and um, yeah, I like talking to people and uh, I'm in school right now. But yeah, I make music, man. Well, I, I asked myself that question. And it's a hard you? one to answer. Yeah. How would you describe yourself in the paragraph? If you had to use a paragraph. Because you, you can tell, I was reading this self-help book a, a couple, uh, about a year ago and it was like basically like doing all the concrete details of your life you can thread the needle through that in a million different ways like i could paint myself to be like a washed up fuck up or i could be like oh i was an eagle scout and i was on the honor roll you know and like yeah you but could, those you could are take things. an academic lens you know yeah yeah with that- the same facts you can like string them together in a, in certain ways you know so in any time you're talking about yourself there is like a little element of construction going on you know yeah the, well there's a bunch of different ways to approach it i i you could you can define yourself if I asked you to do that every morning for a month, mm. it would be a different paragraph every morning. Yeah. And some of those paragraphs would grasp concepts and theories and approaches to life. Right. Um, emotions. I am a happy person. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to I am a lawyer or mm. I am a musician. I'm yeah. A, I'm a thinker. I think I like to think through life. Mm. That's how I would define you. If you asked me to define you in a paragraph. Yeah. How would you, it how would you do that? It wouldn't be musician. Uh, it wouldn't be that. It would be sensitive, deep thinking, trying to get to another layer, trying to figure out the mysteries of life. And yeah, I think you spend a lot of time doing that. <laughs> 
Um, Arguably, way too much time. Yeah, too much. <laughs> I, I, I told you that I think one of these days you'll come to the conclusion that there is no answer. <laughs> yeah, so just so, try to have a good time. Yeah, that was yeah. that's eventually what I arrived at. I just got tired of it, and I just thought, you know, <laughs> but sometimes you still get heavy thoughts. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no escaping it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I the 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 idea of like you embrace Buddhism, right? I do. Yeah. Why? It just uh, makes sense to me. It helps me. What about it? I mean, give me your religious thoughts. That's like oh, in my little mental list. Oh, boy. I know. It's all a my long f- list. No, just all my friends are probably laughing right now because that's my favorite question to be asked. <laughs> uh, well, I, it's an interesting question. Well, you brought up a lot of interesting things that I want to comment on before I delve into this answer, if that's cool, man. Yeah, go um, ahead. You're just talking about like the quest of thought and philosophy or whatever yes um i was sitting today in the usc philosophy library and like i'm i don't read really that much i'm kind of like a pseudo intellectual in that way (laughs) like i'll quote a bunch of shit but i don't like spend my days reading like i have a lot of friends that do i listen to a lot of like audiobooks and podcasts and i like to think that i'm curious and i'm still consuming a lot of things and talking to people but i'm not a big uh book reader as much as i'd like to be um so i'm sitting in this library and just like they're just like these little cubbies, you know? And so the cubby that I was in was, there was literally just like a hundred books by Nietzsche, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I was looking at, I was like, this is just one library and I could spend the rest of my life trying to read all these books. <laughs> yeah. Just, there's just one subject. And then philosophy. another 30 lifetimes trying to understand them. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, because that quest is endless, like none of those guys technically got to the bottom of it. So I think you make a good point. Like at, at, at some point, like you, you do have to make a decision to, well, all of that stuff is fun and, and the quest for answers is fun and maybe can lead for, to a more fulfilling existence. Um, this actually leads into my religious answer. Um, you have to kind of live your life at some point. You know what I'm saying? Well, is knowledge more legitimate if it's derived from a book? No, that's a good point. There's so many things we could talk about right now. Yeah, I know. Because, <laughs> like, a, you know when you see someone on their cell phone and you're like, what I think in my mind is, like, I'm projecting my own guilt. I'm just like, look at that piece of shit on their phone wasting their life, you know? But if you see someone with a book, you're like, oh, that guy's, like, trying yeah. to enlighten himself. But the guy on his cell phone could be, like, reading, like, the freaking encyclopedia or something or, like, reading the Bible or, like, researching, like cancer diagnosis is you know for like so he's, cause he's trying to understand he could be doing something, something legit. really yeah. legit or significant and the guy reading a book could be reading a freaking like dumb book or just staring at it like <laughs> just, i do <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> because it's it's just an aesthetic thing they're both gateways to information and it's right. like for me i judge the quality of the information that the person is taking in based on the like format you know yeah so i guess yeah. what i'm saying anyways so your philosophy blah 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 my whole religious thing is like can I use this as a tool to make myself a better person? Um, so we grew up like kind of religious. I don't know. It was interesting because like we were, you know, like put in Catholic school and things and I was baptized and I was confirmed. Um, but I definitely knew families that were like a lot more religious than we were. And like families where like God was a really like big center point of their thing. And I, I think for us, it was more like, yeah, we go to church sometimes. Sometimes we don't get donuts after. Like, I don't. And then you, you and me would have like fun, cool, far out conversations, kind of speculating about God or no God or science or the universe. And like, those are really fun. And, and kind of, in my opinion, we're like proto versions of, of these podcast conversations that I came to love so much later when I was listening to podcasts. And then like, 
starting my own like we just i remember you and me walking on the beach one day and just talking for like two hours and it would go from like we'd be making you know dick jokes and talking about poop and flies and just silly stuff and then we'd get into this really heavy stuff and and that's kind of like a lot of my personality is like very silly and absurd but still kind of looking for something like you said um so I remember feeling like left out of the God thing as a kid. I remember specifically being like, when I applied to Modern Day, the Catholic high school, I remember writing on my application. I was like, I, I see my friends that believe in God and I like, I don't feel included, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I, I want to get it, um, which kind of goes along with a lot of my personality stuff about feeling like an outsider and stuff. Um, but yeah, like it was interesting because I feel like in the suburbs, there's almost like a pressure for your family to be religious or something like it's it's like you want to well, depends what suburb you're in i guess exactly but i feel like it was it's almost like the thing to do is to like send your kids to church it just like seems like a good idea you know not to say that it's yeah. not like there's a lot of the, i think the structure and the, like a lot of parts of christianity are like super rad um i'm not trying to like be super cynical about it or or like be like what you guys were just following a trend <laughs> but um because you walk into our old house and there's like crosses all over the walls. Wow, that's mom's obsession about cross. Yeah. She just liked the looks of them. Exactly. But people would think we're very religious. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is yeah. like there's an appearance. And like when people would come over for dinner, when guests would come over, we would like say grace only when guests were over. But it's yeah. not like when it was the five of us, we would be like, so what's your favorite uh, like verse of the Bible? And we wouldn't be like, well, it does say in like Second Corinthians that like blah, 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 blah. I never knew the Bible, even when I was going to church. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I'm not saying this vindictively. I just don't think that faith was really like part of our family values. Well, I don't think it was either. Mom grew up with no religion. Mm -hmm. And I grew up as a Catholic, but I didn't really buy into the whole thing. Right. Uh, but I bought into it enough that I thought, well, I like all my buddies that are Catholics, whether they go to church or not. I yeah. like them. I grew yeah. up in a neighborhood full of them. So exactly. I just thought that that's how I'm going to bring up my kids and then yeah. their buddies will like their buddies and, <laughs> and then they can make their own call when it comes right down to it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I appreciate that. Not only that uh, providing me with the opportunity to tap into this thing that has ultimately brought a lot of meaning to my life, but also the... Uh, the option and the, and the freedom to kind of explore all sides. Of, well, that's what a lot of, of our conversations were about. Yeah. Well, and that's is. what a lot of my personality is now. And I think in large part because of those conversations, you know, and, and you weren't a lot about telling me like what the answers were. You were a lot about asking me questions and, and trying to get my mind to trying to get the gears to turn, you know, yeah. which I think because I didn't have any answers. I think a lot of kids are brought up being told there is a God. And this right. is the deal. Yeah. And that's why you had a little clique of buddies that all believed in God. They were told to. They were brought up that way. I, not necessarily. Like, I had a lot of different types of friends. Um, well, maybe some of them came Pegasus, to their own conclusion. Pegasus wasn't a religious school, my first school. No, no. And it was not. a combination of, like, I had Jewish friends and... Of course. Most, I mean, m most of us were, like, atheist slash agnostic, you know? And yeah. then, like, yeah, I guess I knew some Christian people. But I, it was really not till modern day that I, like started really thinking about all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting now because like Jesus is the background on my cell phone, you know? Um, well, how do you arrive <laughs> at Buddhism? Yeah, I'll get I mean, there, tell man. Tell me about that. <laughs> I'll get there. It's a, right. it's a, it's a complicated, it's a, you asked a big question right out the gate. I just want to get yeah. a couple things off of the, uh, I just want to clarify a couple things yeah, yeah, real yeah. quick before I go into this whole thing. 
um, basically like I was doing the classic, um, like I think, I don't think it's, uh, all that uncommon for like a kind of like cerebral intellectual kid to at the age of like 13 or 14 start being like, this is all bullshit, <laughs> you know? And no, like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And You're going kind of... down the aggressively atheist path, which I did. And I, I loved, you know, and I would sit in garages <laughs> with my friends and we would have these conversations that uh, I look back on now as like, I used to kind of look down on that, but now I'm at this place of like, I think a lot of the um, reasons that people kind of reject religion in my generation I think a lot of those reasons are good reasons. Like I think, especially in Catholicism, it's like, it's, it's very based on fear. It's very based on anxiety. It's like, you should apologize. You did something wrong. There's somebody watching you. And also like, if you ask like a complicated question, like I would ask in scripture class at modern day and they would reply with like the mystery of faith. Yeah, it's a circle. And so like skepticism wasn't, uh, encouraged. You know, it was, it was more like, don't ask questions. At least the brand that was, the flavor that was being taught there that I was exposed to. I found other flavors there later and other flavors in the universe that I, I much more connect to that are much more like psychedelic and mind blowing and awesome. And like that do encourage skepticism and stuff. But I found that through Buddhism, um, later, but anyway, so like, I think a lot of those reasons and like, obviously the church as an institution has a lot of, uh you know, political issues and like, obviously like priests, like sexually abusing children. That's a real thing. That's horrible. So I think people that have a general mistrust of religious institutions, they're not like, they're not wrong. You know, in my opinion, it's just kind of like throwing the baby out with the bathwater because as a culture, I think we're a little mythically deprived, you know, and I got really into podcasts and I started listening to all these guys talk about Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey and just like the power of myth, you know, and um, it was basically podcasts and listening to like a lot of different kinds of podcasts and like, because religion to me, the things that it offers that aren't easy to find or you find in other places like sports teams or going to concerts, it's just like. There's power in people coming together, you know, and there's power in intention and there's power in belief and power in belief and there's power in ritual and there's power in stillness, you know, and, yeah, and to me, to me, you can have all of those things and that ha can have nothing to do with like a theological understanding of the universe. And that to me, I had a girlfriend who like was getting into uh, Buddhism through this guy named Noah Levine. Um, who has like a meditation center up here in Los Angeles called yeah. Against the Stream. And mm -hmm. he's this like punk rock Buddhist guy, you know, with tattoos all over his necks. And he was like in jail when he was 15. So like to me, a little kid who was like obsessed with rock and, and was like curious about religion, but was like skeptical about the brand of Catholicism that I was kind of around. This guy was like fucking cool because he was like punk and I like worshipped punk rock music. And this guy was like... Just I read a book when I was like 16 years old and it basically like the, th the thing that was so appealing to me about Buddhism um, I think it had a, in retrospect now that I have gotten the diagnosis of depression and anxiety like just the, the practice of meditation and like the, the centeredness of that religion around like breath and walking and like all these really practical things paired with a philosophy but but more importantly 
the practice, you know? And so for like a cynical intellectual kid to hear like theories, like, anyways, it, it just all made sense to me. And, and, in, in like one of the things that is stressed in the boot, obviously there are like narrow minded Buddhist communities and there are like, there are really open minded Christian communities, you know? And it was just like a exercise in me, like, seeing for myself what the values of a religious practice were. Do you think the basic Christian mentality is narrow-minded and the basic Buddhist mentality is open-minded? No, not at all. I think that there, I think Christians have like a bad rap. I think there's a lot of fucked up Christians out there. Like when you go to the Coliseum and you see people holding signs saying like, Jesus died for your sins, like God hates fags, all that stuff like that to me is narrow-minded. But I, there's also like, to me, that's not like inherent to Christianity. Mm. In my opinion, like the deeply spiritual people that I meet of any faith, it's almost like they're all in on this big secret, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, but I, I also just like, because mom had crosses everywhere, I just thought about that shit all the time. Like it really seeped into my subconscious at a young age. Other than the intellectual exercise of thinking through all that shit. <laughs> Does it impact your life? Yes. Does so it much. Change so. your behavior? Definitely. How? Well, if you think about the brain, as human beings, we're sort of like, we're wired for survival. We're not really wired for happiness, you know? Because, like, human beings existed for about four million years before, um, like, the modern man really, like, rose to existence and, like, happiness really wasn't on the priority list then. So, like, all in. It's like all of our neurological impulses are derived from like surviving, you know? So it's the reason that like negative feedback is so much more powerful than positive feedback is because it's like, oh, fuck, don't go over there. That's where a tiger is. If I remember that, I won't get eaten by the tiger. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like well. the the kind of one of the fundamental tenets of Buddhism and also I'm not a Buddhist scholar at all. I just like read a lot of books and I go to like meetings and shit, but I'm not trying to be an authority on that whatsoever. Do you read the cliff notes or the actual books? (laughs) (laughs) I've read some books Um, and listen to a lot of podcasts, but basically it's that life is suffering and it's that no matter who you are, no matter where you are inherent to the human existence is a certain amount of suffering and, and, at first, that sounds really depressing. Yes. But for me, as a young kid who like was bummed out all the time and didn't know why, that was like liberating because it was essentially saying like, "Hey, it's not your fault." You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a it's part of the deal. There's a fundamental human condition here, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the the other noble truths go on to say that we create a lot more suffering on top of that for ourselves, and we can we can take steps to lessen that suffering. And that's kind of the, the fundamental quest really? of Buddhists, is to like reduce suffering for yourself and others, you know? And that's how it impacts your daily living? Yeah. Cause the, like, it, give me an example. Well, the root of suffering, according to Buddhism, is is craving and aversion. And it's, it's craving pleasure and clinging to it and, and trying to push away pain, you know? And so the fundamental belief in impermanence is a, is a big Buddhist thing. And that like whatever sensation you're feeling, whatever emotion you're feeling, whatever, it's all transient. You know, life is transient. Every emotion is transient. And so trying to not push away sadness and trying not to cling to happiness, you know, because then when the happiness ultimately fades away, you don't want to be like left, like, 
you know, clinging and pining for it. Like there's, there's suffering there, you know, and there's suffering in the, like trying to avoid shit, you know? And so it's just trying to be like letting things come and go naturally and it kind of, uh, working on reducing suffering. Um, but also it's like, it's kind of like stretching or going to the gym, but for your heart, you know? And so it's like trying to like compassion and love and patience. These are all things that we can do exercises about and do meditations on. And so it's like, I want to go do push-ups because I want to build up my biceps. It's like, I'm going to do this 30 minute, like loving kindness meditation and try to push my own compassion boundaries to like open my heart more, you know? And there are all these like exercises that you can do where you're like, you start just by focusing on yourself and you say like, may I be happy? Like, like I deserve happiness, you know, may I be free from the root of suffering. And then you take it to somebody that you really, really like that doesn't cause you any problems. And then you, you wish them the same and this, this intention, right. And you, it's all bringing it back to your breath and Oh, fucking the main thing, presence, fucking present time awareness, you know, mindfulness, this whole idea of mindfulness, which is a big buzzword in the world today, but it's rooted in these, these ancient traditions of just kind of, and so for like a heady neurotic kid, for this practice that brings you back to the moment and gets you out of your head and, and teaches you that you're not your thoughts and that like you don't have to feel responsible or overwhelmed by all of your thoughts and that you can take refuge in your breath, that's huge, you know? Because I would get lost in my head all the time and now all of a sudden I have this tool, I have this practice, I have this device that helps me rage against that machine, you know? So let me give you some of my thoughts on the future of that approach. Um, I would love to hear these, man. I also well, have so much more to say, and I'm well, so thank I know you, you for, do. thank you for cutting me off. Is I, what I'm saying. Okay, well, I'm just trying to get into some other stuff, and it, it, two hours of the the, the same heaviness <laughs> send anybody into oblivion. All right, so yeah. I'm just but, but so my thoughts are these: yeah, as life moves on, like you interviewed me, I'm sixty something, so yeah. Life has largely happened, so the discussion has to right. do with what happened and why, as opposed to you, mm. where life is about to happen. And so the discussion to me is, okay, let's get where your head's at right now, which is kind of what we've been talking about yeah. a little bit, but it's also what's going to happen. Mm. And so I think a healthy approach to what's going to happen includes the extent to which practicality limits your ability to get too deep into any of this shit. Right. You suddenly have to start making money and yeah. addressing daily, uh, where's my next hamburger coming from kind of questions. Right. Um, so tell me how you see that interrelating. The Buddhist, like a Buddhist philosophy, like yeah, not leading to like, Oh, and like, then I'll just become a monk. <laughs> like, yeah, well, maybe my question's unclear, but you're like, how do how do I how do you be a modern person that like is self sufficient? Yeah, and as also, I sit and, and also has Buddhist you. philosophy. Yeah, I listen to you, yeah. and that's that's heavily laden with thought that requires a lot of time, that requires a lot of ability. That you're in college, you have that kind of time. You yeah. can you can sit around thinking about that stuff and come up with conclusions and and in-depth analyses yeah. of the very things that you're talking about, which clearly is a lot of time. Um, yeah. I think as the college door closes... I disagree, but I'll, I'll, right. I'll let you establish your premise. Okay. Why are you talking funny? Because you just I took a sip. I have beer in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> um, 
So I think as that college door closes, and when I get life, confrontational, I start to talk I'm like this. Jesus see? Christ! Well, I can talk like that too, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Trying to undercut um, the seriousness with some silliness yeah. or something. Okay, Groucho. Well, listen, let's Mister. make up some names. Let's call ourselves. And don't call me names. Shirley. <laughs> um, uh, so, anyways, that is my point. I mean, you can understand right. what my point is. I totally understand it, it, and yeah. a lot of it seems counterintuitive. I'm sure to like. And that's why this this society is called against the stream because a lot of it is like, wait, what the fuck? Like, capitalism is about attachment. It's like I gotta accumulate some shit, you know. And I'm not again. I'm not against money. Like, I'm not against. I know that this all kind of goes hand in hand with like me. Like, I'm like some fucking art school kid that like. You know, it's like, oh, man, it's all just like fucking Buddhist, man. It all comes and goes, brother. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever, what the yeah. wind brings me is what I'll take, man. But no, like, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, I'm a businessman. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am, like, at the end of the day, I'm selling a product, and that product is my music. And I don't think that that is in contradiction with no. my philosophies. But also, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter how you're filling your days you have to breathe and you have to walk. <laughs> and for me, Buddhism is a lot about just like using those as vehicles to be more present, you know, no matter where you are. Cause those are yeah. things no one can take from you, no matter who no. you are, where you are. But also it's less, I mean, there, there are kind of like two schools of Buddhism and, and one of them is like, Oh, it's things that are the problem. And this other school that is like, it's our relationship to things that are the problem. So it's not inherently like having shit and wanting shit that is bad. You can have shit and want shit. But I think for me, the philosophy, the practice is just like understanding that these things won't fill the giant hole in my heart all the way. And that they're ultimately all going to go away. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. like, there's this whole, there's this like parable of the, the broken cup and there's like a monk and he has this, he's like teaching all this non-attachment shit, you know, to his monk friends. And he's like, oh, you know, like, yeah, whatever. Don't get too attached to anything. And then his monks are like, yeah, what about that cup that you drink out of every single fucking day? Like you seem, You're to, attached you to seem pretty attached to this cup. And he's like, yeah, I love this cup. It like fits in my hand real nice. And like the way it catches the light, the glass, it's great. Like this guy's in love with this cup. And then he starts talking about like the cup is already broken, you know, and trying to accept the pain of that loss before it actually happens. So that when it does break, it's like it's already broken. And then he extrapolates that further with like, oh, what if we treated people like that? Like we've already lost them. You know what I'm saying? So like treat every moment as that precious, you know? And I like that shit. So anyways, it's to me, it's not about like, because there is pleasure in things. You know what I'm saying? Like that yeah. guy did like that cup. He wasn't trying to say like, oh, I shouldn't have pleasure from this cup because non-attachment. Oh, to me, that's like, that's detachment. There, there's a difference to me between detachment and non-attachment. Detachment is closing your fist, you know, to everything that comes through it. Attachment is trying to grab onto everything. And non-attachment is just like, letting the water run through your hand, you know, and you, it, it's going to fall out the other side eventually, but it stays on your hand for a second, you know, 
as opposed to closing your fist and being like, if no water gets on my hand, wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. So, like, um, I'm trying to climb the capitalist ladder. I'm trying to make money so that I can be comfortable and I can provide for myself and I can, like, continue to do the things that I want to do, like make art and be happy and have sandwiches and hang out with people. I like doing all that stuff. I like wearing clothes and going places. Yeah. But I don't think, to me, that's not like a, oh, I have to set aside my Buddhist mentality to, like, pay the rent, you know? To me, I think those things, at least the goal is to try to synthesize my core values with my daily practices, you know? And just the, real quick, the reason that Buddhism to me is so fascinating and so useful is because of the practicality, is because of the, the stress not on dogma or on theology, but on like, how do we be better people in this moment? You know, there's this famous like story of people asking the Buddha, like, what happens after you die? You know, like, come on, tell us. And there's this whole reincarnation shit, but I don't really get into that. But basically, his kind of response was like, let's worry about this one right now. <laughs> like, you know, like when we're there, wherever, if, whatever, like, yeah. we'll deal with that. We, there's plenty to do right now. Yeah. So that's kind of, to me, that's the argument against like, it's all just headiness because I definitely got lost in those theoretical conversations for a while. But for me, Buddhism is like, hey, we're here. Let's, uh, let's try to make it better for ourselves and for everybody. You know, I think, getting it right back to practicality. Yeah. Because pragmatism is something that you have a lot of, and so I kind of do apply that lens to religion. So I find myself saying to people, you're worried about something that hasn't happened yet. Because mm. I see it a lot. You know, what if, and then you hear a lot of nonsense, and what are we supposed to do? Sit around and freak out? about something that hasn't happened. I got in an argument with a guy one time. We almost crashed into one another. Right. And he got out and started yelling at me. I said, you always get this pissed off about things that never happened? <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. you know. I was I mean, driving over here and I and I almost. It's going to be a short life if, yeah. if that's how you spend it. <laughs> I, um, I, I was backing out of this uh, parking lot and this guy, like, I didn't hit him. And he, like was walking behind my car and he was like, whoa, man, and give me one of these. And that, that, that story popped into my mind. I was like, yeah, I, nothing happened. <laughs> Relax. That's I was telling Pam the other day that, um, story about my road rage, not the one in Ventura, but the one where the guy yeah. imitated me and caused me to start laughing. Yeah. My ass off. It was the best. It was the best reaction to me being mad unnecessarily yeah. that I've ever had. The guy like, cut you off, right? Cut me off, then I cut him off, and I'm I pull up next to him, and I start going nuts in terms of yelling at him, and he starts imitating me back to me, but in a in a like a caricature of myself. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a, like a comedian doing it. You, you know? diffused the and it was tension. Freaking hilarious. Yeah, I, was, I just looked at him for one second, totally got the joke, right. busted up laughing. He diffused the entire situation with humor, really. But I was yeah. It's another in the moment thing, I guess, that yeah. uh, it, it causes me to laugh. Yeah. Anyway, let's switch it up a little bit. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. Okay. Basically, On the topic of religion? Yeah, and then I'll get off of it forever. I promise. You know you won't, but go ahead. <laughs> Basically, the more I got into Buddhism, the, and the, the more I, the, when I stepped outside of the Catholic Church and like stopped trying to make myself Catholic, I started to appreciate all these similarities between it and like 
also I'm obsessed with Christian culture because a lot of it is really fucking weird and just like a bunch of people getting together and singing songs about drinking blood and no one thinking that it's like satanic or like fucking weird and everyone just pretending it's super normal. To me, it's hilarious. So a lot of it is like super absurd. But if you take the core messages of Jesus, like to me, it's very irrelevant whether or not he was a real person or whether like because I'm very agnostic. It doesn't matter. Like, who cares if you're right or not? Like, that's the thing in, in my youth. I was, I was trying to be correct, you know? And, like, because you can never be correct about that, like, why not just, like, use the mythology, which Jesus was just all, like, hardcore love, you know? And just, like, that to me is, is radical. And so, he to me, he was, like, super fucking punk rock because, like, all these Romans and people were getting all caught up in these rules and shit. And he comes up and be just like, no, like... I love you guys so much. I'll let you kill me, <laughs> you know? And so like, to me, like just the idea of radical love and the commitment, like most of the Bible is just about like being generous to the sick and the poor, <laughs> you know? And mm-hmm. it's like become this, all these other things. And so that to me is what's fascinating is like, there are so many modern Christian, or if you listen to like mega church, like, um, homilies like they're fucking weird as fuck. And so I, I kind of like people like go to horror movies and stuff to freak themselves out, you know, like, I kind of like play around a lot in Christian culture because it kind of freaks me out. But then I'll go volunteer at my friend Joey's summer camp and just see like all these righteous people that live in the same neighborhood that like to come together and try to like think about something other than themselves and make themselves better people and like raise their kids right, you know. But I also respect atheists for like not deferring to somebody else or some book or some other institution to tell them what they should think. And that kind of self-reliance I think is really important. So basically this comes down to my whole fucking personality, which is trying to connect with other people. And when you were on the phone with Teresa before the podcast and you were saying like, and I think she asked you like, Oh, does Mac and drink? And you're like, he doesn't drink that much. You know, like I like to not drink cause I can connect with Sam. I like to have a beer with you cause I can connect with you. I like to talk about Jesus so I can talk to a Christian and connect with him. I like to talk about atheism with my atheist friends. Like, I just don't want to be, like, left out of any conversations, you know? So if there's an avenue to connect to somebody, I want to take that path. And for a lot of people, it's God, you know? And so I want to be able to to connect with them on that level. And then for myself, not take it that seriously, take it or leave it. But, like, I can pick it up when it's useful and I can put it down when it's not. And then, anyways, I had a shit ton of coffee today, (laughs) and I've been alone all day, just studying. So that's what happens. Kind of dumping my thoughts out. (laughs) When I come home and Mum's been there in the house all day, yeah. But but it's also a test, you know, because my whole thing is like, who's gonna give me the space in my life to let me be whoever I am, you know? Like, because I hate people telling me what to do. That's kind of like a fundamental thing of punk rock, and I know it's maybe naive and stubborn, but like people telling me who to be. Is fucking annoying. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody likes that. Exactly. And so to me, it's like if I wear a dress on stage. Or if I... And that's where it cuts out, my friends. I'm so sorry. Ah, oh, I know it's the middle of a thought. I'm only sorry if you were enjoying that. If you weren't enjoying that, then you're welcome. It's over now. Um, I think I went on to talk about just like I like to be provocative. Um, and, and challenge conventions, you know, like wearing a dress and, and just making people think about gender. And um, I guess I like was saying that I'd like to also do that with Jesus and God and stuff, you know, because a lot of people immediately write you off if you, they think that you're a person of faith. And um, I don't know, basically that I'm just a fucking 
like to confuse people or whatever. Anyways, goes on to um, get really emotional and shit, but uh, that is a private moment for uh, only me and my father. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Um, got a lot of got a lot of awesome stuff coming. Uh, yeah. Um, Take care, buddy. We'll see you guys later. Have a good life.